1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: If it was Joe Blow or some other person there doing it, would you have the same feeling if you're a White Sox fan? That you know, Is there so many negative feelings against Jerry Reinsdorf that... No matter what he does, there's going to be pushback.
3: Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. That is a fair question from Bruce. And I've been thinking about it since he said it. Um, it's kind of ringing in my ears a little bit. because okay. I, I, I think that there is an element of having watched the last go-round and the guaranteed rate field and and how that was built – and the and the state financing it and the takeaway um, from everything that happened, feeling like that you know ultimately wasn't the greatest concept I've ever
4: seen. Let me tell you why I pushed back a little bit. In, in sure, taking a deep breath here. I think that yes, there's there's an aura around Jerry Reinsdorf that is negative to a lot of people because of the perception that he's created for himself. He is a very unpopular owner right now, a very unpopular guy in the Chicago sports scene. So I think just his mere presence will trigger some people. I think you'd probably count yourself in that group, right? Sure. So there's a there's a visceral reaction to seeing Jerry Reinsdorf ask for anything, right? Yes. Now, I agree, I acknowledge that. But here's all I was saying. In this climate, in this state climate, in this city climate, economically and otherwise, I don't really think it matters who would be doing the asking if the ask is this big for a ballpark. In even though it would revitalize the neighborhood and and create all the jobs, I think that anybody that would go in front of the state legislature and ask for a billion dollars in subsidies for any kind of building project would have a similar reaction regardless of the perception back in Chicago. So to me, who is asking for it is not as important as what they're asking for. I, I totally agree with what you're saying,
3: but when you've been down the road with this, and now here you are again, I I can't help. I think Bruce is right. I think that the, the you know first of all, I think that the idea of public funding of stadiums repulses me. Mm-hmm. I think that exists. And then you throw in the fact that, you know, the Sox got a pretty sweetheart deal when they threatened to go to Tampa. A great deal. Thank you. <laughs> and then, you know, the whole – like when, when Jerry was at the owners' meetings and went and met with the mayor of Nashville, I cannot tell you how, how that turned me
4: off. Here, let me rub your face in it, Sox fans. Oh my God! Let me show you how this is how it's done. I can here. Be I go, and my empty threat of moving the team to a city that really doesn't have a place for us, but I'm going to pretend that they are going to be our next home anyway. Last thing on this, Mullen. We will get to the calls. Yeah, this virtual race to Springfield, if you will. That's Jerry Reinsdorf in lane one. In lane two, or maybe trailing behind him. I do wonder how far back is Kevin Warren. How far back is Kevin Warren? Because we had Jim Kirk on yesterday sure. from Crane Chicago Business, and he said something that lasted and lingered with me all day long. He said it was a realistic possibility that the Bears could build on the south lot of Soldier Field. Well, they're not going to likely do both projects in Chicago.
3: Let me ask you a question. And, and Which the- one would you prefer? Which one would create more jobs and be longer lasting, and which one? I mean, I'm just saying, if if you're a legislator yeah. and you're
4: I, eyeballing I, these two, projects, I think you're looking at the Bears Stadium as a, a big a cl- enclosed structure with the opportunity to have other events, a multi-purpose p- facility. You're likely to say that. I would think, right? It's on see, the lakefront.
3: See, to me, you're, it's the difference between creating a new neighborhood. You can't create a neighborhood on the lakefront because it's already.
4: So you think it would owned. be the seventy-eight? I
3: think the seventy-eight it would scream more, more jobs, more long-lasting benefit than a new Soldier
4: Field. Effectively, d- it's a new Soldier Field I, I, right next to Soldier Field. I, I do, I do think that's a fair point. I, I don't know how it feels totally about that. I'd have to think about that in terms of which would create more opportunities for people and the way a, a legislator may look at it. Mm. But I do think this, that when you're talking about the Illinois Sports Facilities Authority, that there's only one team they are yes. likely to help. Yes. And by the end of the calendar year, because of the clause that was tucked into the 2021 uh, legislation, that there is a virtual race to Springfield. Sure. And Kevin Warren versus Jerry Reinsdorf, that's fascinating because of what you said coming in. Jerry Reinsdorf does have a perception that's negative. What's the perception of Kevin Warren? What's the perception of him and the Chicago Bears, the McCaskies? I don't know that. Which is more likely to be able to sway legislators into thinking it their way and to helping them build what they want to build?
3: All right, let's get to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. We'll start with Chuck. He's waited patiently in Glencoe. Hey, Chuck.
5: Yes, thanks, fellas. Um, A couple of things I'd like Bruce Levine to think about doing today. First of all, I want him to walk from the Red Line stop at 35th Street to Comiskey Park and he'll see that it's a block and a half. Then I want him to take the Red Line to the Roosevelt stop and get off at the Roosevelt stop and then walk uphill three quarters of a mile to where the entrance to the 78 is and then walk another one-quarter to a third of a mile to where the ballpark might be. He's talking about safe transit at night. He's talking about safe transit at night. Not only that, but I don't know the last time he drove on Roosevelt Road eastbound, east of the Dan Ryan. There is traffic gridlock there between the big box stores and also the businesses that are on Canal Street. It is not anywhere near as convenient to the Dan Ryan as Sox Park is. Then he said, incredibly, that the White Sox deserve a new stadium. They deserve a new stadium. You know, if somebody deserves a new stadium, then perhaps the people who are responsible for funding it, like you've been saying ad nauseum this morning, and I agree with you, should pay for it. They They do not deserve a new stadium at state expense. The last thing is, what about Bridgeport? Maybe Reinsdorf shouldn't turn his back to Bridgeport as much as he has over all these years. Thanks, fellas. I'd like to hear what you have to say about that. All right, Chuck. Thank you,
4: Chuck. I think part of the proposal, Molly, correct me if I'm wrong, but it did include a plan for what to do with the Sox Stadium at 35th and Shields. Not quite sure what the use would be, but it also would call for some development of the land around there, maybe in some more green space. Not quite sure, but there seems to be a plan that is tucked into this proposal for the 78. Kevin is in Naperville. Hi, Kevin. How are you, you guys
6: doing? Good. So first off, Paul, I do agree with you for, with your comment Bruce. I w- I'm curious how, what Ryan Dorf will say, oh yeah, I'll pay this, what have you, what for? Here's my question. Let's go, they give him the money he wants.
7: Will he open his Velcro wallet? and actually invest in the team from this? Will someone, will a, a, one of the people ask, okay, are you going to invest in the team now? Or are you going to allow it
6: to sit and do what you've done now for the past 30-some-odd years and not invest and be a complete miser behind this?
3: Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I think that they have spent money on that team. I think that they went through a rebuild, they spent money, and unfortunately the rebuild didn't work. And now you're seeing guys all kind of gone. It was gone, money that wasn't the- wisely spent. No. It wasn't a reluctance no.
4: necessarily to spend it. But, but they, they, the had, they
3: they had their shot. They yeah. had
4: their window. It just closed quickly. And he's not going to be able to change the fact he's never written a $100 million contract. That's true. But the last thing is, Mully, that look, this could be Stephen Cohen. This could be Tom Ricketts. This could be
3: yes.
4: – f- f- plug in your – Free spending owner. Mm -hmm. Anybody that would appear in front of a legislature to asking for a billion dollars is going to get the same reaction from us. I believe it's kind of regardless. It's incidental that he also doesn't spend on his team, right? Or or that's the accusation. Because I don't think that matters. They could could have a two hundred million dollar payroll. If he went to uh, Springfield asking for a billion dollar subsidy for a ballpark, I think we still have some issues.
3: The ideal owner is someone who's using it as a toy. Not as uh, an actual business. Any of those out there? Yeah. I well, I mean that you mentioned the Mets. Maybe okay. that's maybe that's an example. I mean, wouldn't it be great? I, I, and, and you know, it's interesting because Tom talked a bit about the Dodgers yesterday. Their their revenue from from their TV is so through the roof. They're in a different stratosphere than every other team in the major leagues, right? So it, it's the Sox share the facility with them. Can you imagine, like, the White Sox players coming in? To, hey, welcome And then there's, like, a parade going on across the field.
4: <laughs> that's a great image. That's, a, that's, oh that's funny God. to consider.
3: Oh, yeah. my God. All right. We've got uh, we've got Mario. He's in Hyde Park.
8: Hey, Mario. Hey, good morning, everybody. Look, I, as a White Sox fan, I'm torn. I love the White Sox. I hate them at the same time. I can see them, however – going to Springfield and saying a billion dollars and a billion dollars, I think really isn't the number. It's what's ever after the 340 something million dollars. Right, right, That's money that Ryan's could actually put some of up. So it's how much are they willing to give them? Here's the other part. They're winning that race. If the bears don't end up doing something I, in the city, they yeah. have a property they can go to. They're only $198 million apart from resolving that issue. Jerry ronsdorf if he 's nothing else he 's smart enough to know that he got the upper hand on the state. We have to make sure to remember he 's not going to Mayor Johnson asking for money he 's going to Governor Pritzker and the state legislator state legislature i 'm sorry, yeah. asking for money here 's the other thing real quick the, the it, We can hate it and we can dislike it, and i do i don 't like the idea. Of, of a billion-dollar ask when you have a police budget that's through the roof and you underinvest in the Chicago public school system. Right. I don't like that our infrastructure is jacked up. I don't like that we have so many problems on so many sides of town with crime and, and food disparity and all those things. Yes. All those things being in the mix, watch them build that stadium on the 78. Watch them do it. They'll do it. It's going to happen. It may not happen with a billion-dollar ask, but it's going to happen. It's Thanks, great, Mario. It's a great phone call. It's a great phone it's call. There's
4: a lot of good good yes. context there. It's also worth pointing out and remembering, Governor Prisker was asked about this two weeks ago when the first reports came out about the artist renderings for the 78. Remember how beautiful those looked? And he marveled at how beautiful those looked, but he also said this, quote, we need to be careful about how we use public dollars. Taxpayer dollars are precious. And so the question really is, what benefit financially are they bringing fiscally to the state and to the city and, the, and to the county? That's, that's what Governor Pritzker said when asked about it the first time. Certainly, the more you look at it, it wasn't a hard no, but it wasn't like, all right, here's the blank check. We're ready to fund this and help you out. I, lo- I just
3: love conceptually the idea that you know, no one wants to give you a billion dollars. Look, you know, just take the 320 and leave us alone. Here, take this money and now stop. That's what is really going on. Rodney's on the south side. Hey, Rodney.
7: Guys,
8: hey guys, how y'all doing today?
7: Good, good, good to talk to you. Okay, hey Dave, Dave, you ain't got nothing to apologize. You hit Bruce the way he should have been hit. I mean, I think is, I mean, I I like Bruce and I respect him, but come on, man. I mean, the bottom line is you got an owner that's won for forty three years of championships, one year out of 43 years, and he got the audacity that won a billion dollars to build a stadium after he's already living on a, a, a free stadium? Are you kidding me?
3: I, I was the this. one who apologized to Bruce. Just in fairness, David never apologized. <laughs> I never apologized. No, I, just, I, I, I kind of did. I'm kidding I, I, you. I know, come on. No, I, we
4: got contentious I, a little bit, and yeah, we both I mean, I, felt because we love Bruce. Bruce and I have sparred a little bit, and we're texting back and forth and making yeah, up, and I'm that's texting fine with him too. It's it's a very lively topic, and I think that it's, it, it, it elicits some passions because of what's at stake, and it's about a, some maybe that maybe our reaction is more rooted in the fact that it involves Jerry Reinsdorf than maybe yes. if if we were elected officials right. or sitting in there in Springfield listening to a pitch or and a proposal about what they want to do and and you can see the you can see the job creation you can see the development of the neighborhood all the things we are reacting more viscerally because we have preconceived notions and opinions about Jerry Reinsdorf, who he is and what he wants.
3: Yeah. And it's a fair point that Bruce made. And I told you, it's kind of ringing in my head a little bit because as an Irish Catholic, I feel guilty about everything. And I, I, I hate (laughs) that. I kind of dismiss Bruce. Frank is in Lakeview. Hi, Frank.
6: Yeah. Hi. Um, I've been a White Sox fan since before you guys were born. I'm really old, and um, I learned how to read a newspaper by looking at the looking at the box scores um, first. Uh, when when Weinsdorf bought the team, I was already upset because I wanted the um, Bartola if that was oh, team right. yep. to, to get it and and um, and then let's you know whatever you got the you got the move from Comiskey Park which probably had to happen um, you got you got the white flag sale you got the you got the uh, uh, firing of Jimmy Pearsall I've never gotten over that <laughs> and then um I'll tell you I'm over I love it that's then, awesome yeah and so then um, so what you know continue on. So I, you stole my word, but I have a, you know, I have a visceral negative reaction to, to what he does always, you know, I'm always thinking there's gotta be something bad behind this, you know, but when it comes to the sale, when it comes about our building this or getting the billion dollars, one thing we, nobody's looked at is, and, and this is difficult. It's so difficult. I might even ignore it. And that is that if you're going to, if the city is going to generate a billion dollars, through the through the building of this um, uh, uh, ballpark over the life of the ballpark, well, then it's worth it, Well, a billion dollars and and more because of interest and stuff. But so you what you have to look at how much is going to how much the city is going to make if they build this ballpark over the over the um, you know the, the course of the of how long it lasts. That's a hard thing. It's a hard that's, because that's hard. the city everybody I know because everybody's gonna. Whatever whatever side you're on, you're gonna use the statistics and the and the you know, the restaurants the, the restaurants are gonna make this kind of money and the hotels are gonna make this kind of money and then people are gonna buy stuff at the neighborhood, you know, dog stand. It, it, so it's it's a tough it's a it, tough
4: thing to figure out. Thanks, Frank. I appreciate the phone call. Economic impact is often exaggerated with projects like these. Sure. And the other numbers that are impossible to ignore Molly, really quickly, it's the the Illinois Sports Facilities Authority is the financing vehicle that is used for this. Sure. Created in 1987. Back then, they issued $150 million in bonds to build the Sox, a new stadium, right? Later, they also issued another $399 million in bonds to pay for the renovations of Soldier Field. Well, that's renovations of Soldier Field. That's still, okay, $384 million in principle as of 2023 is still outstanding on those bonds, the point is this: that's not paid off yet. Neither is neither is Kaminsky. So or whatever the hell it's called in that context, Guaranteed swimming in rate. that kind of debt, if you will. Now you're going to go in front of legislators in Springfield and say we want to have, we want to reconfigure and look at things. Yes, a billion dollars more in subsidies for this this ballpark that's going to create all this job, all these jobs, and all this development. And yeah, that may be true, but it just the audacity of that in this climate, given what we just said statistically and what's still left to pay off, just a lot. It's a big ask. The the same thing applies to the Bears. Plopping
3: down (laughs) a new building next to the old building that isn't paid off and then we're going to have to tear down half of it and park under the columns because that's I mean, what the hell's I happening? i want to ask you a
4: question when we come back about the Bears project.
3: 312 644 6767 mullion on the score. We
0: really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.
6: I, I think it's very possible that they would stay in the city. I think, look,
9: the NFL, they, they like
6: their franchises to be in, in, in big, big cities, it's in their, especially in a big market like Chicago. This is a huge football NFL town for, for you know, and, and I, I think even they would,
9: if, if all things worked out, they would like to see a, down, a, a stadium in the city as
8: well.
3: Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. That's the voice of Jim Kirk from Cranes. Good
4: guy, Jim. Really good guy.
3: Glad you talked to him. Sadly, I wasn't here.
4: Yeah, that was yesterday. He's the publisher and executive editor of Cranes, former Sun-Times guy, former Trib guy. He's Done a lot of jobs in journalism and Mm -hmm. done them all really well. His perspective is valuable. Here's the one thing that I can't get past, Mully, and I, I wanted to get your perspective on it, too. While I understand why the South a lot makes sense in terms of maybe looking at keeping the team in the city, the Bears belong in Chicago. Boy, look at the lakefront, and Kevin Warren loves everything that comes with that environment. It is where the Bears really should play. But the reason, and correct me if I'm wrong, the primary reason they identified Arlington Heights as the place to build a new stadium was one because the land existed and they took advantage of that. Right. But secondly, to own your own stadium, because that's what you do in the NFL. When you want to make as much money as possible, $6 billion corporation, the bears are. Yeah. Yeah. They want to own their own stadium. They can do that in Arlington Heights. They can't do that in the city of Chicago. Is is that right? There's so much, the, the value of the
3: franchise would be so enhanced by owning their own stadium not being in partnership with anybody not having land that is you know from the park district and owing on it and all that stuff the the value would go through the roof and it it would be like a great decision for them to build and own their own stadium Jerry World style and then that would just help
4: increase their revenue. But they can't do that in the city of Chicago, Apparently
3: correct? not. No, because they're on the lakefront. Okay. And the, and the site they're talking about is, is one that they would have to be in partnership so with while
4: the park district. Aesthetically, that makes sense. And emotionally, you want them to stay. Realistically, I don't know how much sense it does make. It seems like it's always going to be leveraged to me because of what they got into this initially For the sole purpose of, and that was to own your own stadium, to build what you just described, their own version of Jerry World, and then to print the money. Because that is what you do when you own an NFL team and you take advantage of all of the interest in your your team, in your franchise, in a country that's addicted to football. I mean, I, I can't argue so a single that, thing you're that, saying. That, I think that's why, exactly why, right. That's why the the South Lot idea. Yeah, maybe maybe it is a virtual race, and they are there are going to be going for the same funds. But I still think they they land at Arlington Heights as, as as messy as that's become. All right,
3: three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Joe's in Oakland. He's waited patiently. Hi, Joe. Hey
9: guys, how you doing this morning, All right,
3: buddy? Thanks for staying with
9: us. Thanks. I think this is a huge issue about the White Sox and I guess the Bears. So I guess I'll say my first point overall is that it's very unseemly when a billion dollar business is going to ask for a billion dollar subsidy. So if you look at what it's going to provide for the city and everyone talks about these jobs, well, they're really going to be mostly like kind of minimum wage jobs, you'd think. Right. So not the greatest of jobs. But then you also think about pricing fans out. How many fans are going to be able to afford tickets to this new stadium? And my another point is um, it's kind of hard to divorce Jerry Reinsdorf from this whole idea anyway, because as the decision-maker of the Sox since he took over, there's just been a lot of things that he's alienated the fans with. Buys a team, or the group he runs buys a team. They try to put him on pay-per-view. He fires Tony Arusa. He hires Hawk Harrelson, who was <laughs> – very unqualified to be GM, who passes on Barry drafting Barry Bonds. Um, <laughs> then, you, then, then he, takes, then he, takes, then he it, takes the city hostage uh, for a new stadium. Yep. In 94, he spearheads the strike and ruins the best chance that the city has had to see a World Series in years. We get it. Trashes the team the next year. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Joe. Th- th- those are great so points.
3: Awesome.
4: This is what comes flying out of Pandora's oh, box. Oh, my God. When you open it, that's right. Everything back yeah. to firing oh. hawk or fi- you know <laughs> getting rid of everybody, hiring hawk and firing Larusa, making good on that. Yeah, there's a lot of baggage, a lot of baggage that Jerry Reinsdorf taking down to Springfield with him.
3: <laughs> it's so <laughs> he needs like he needs like a Is semi that- to to carry he- all the
4: baggage that's accompanying him oh. to Springfield in front of the legislature today.
3: My God, what a what a what a wild what a life we live everybody's got their list. It's so great. Bill's downstate. Hey, Bill.
7: (laughs) Hey, what's up, gentlemen? Hey, Bill. Uh, Hey, I want to uh, say that I think this whole thing has a lot of facets to it, and uh, the White Sox and the Bears projects, no matter in what scale, are all tied together. And uh, if if you're going to build a White Sox stadium away from where they're at now, you're really going to be taken away from the fans that are current Sox fans. You know, you could ask any of them. They all drive down to the game. They park down there. They walk into the park. You can't do that at Wrigley Field. You're not going to be able to do that at the 78. There's not going to be much parking around mm-hmm. there. There isn't now. Mm-hmm. It, parking isn't in the plans on the scale that it is in the at the old place. Now, if you look at the Bears, I don't see them tearing down any part of of the current soldier field because of its landmark status and i see a fight on their hands to build anything on the lakefront i don't see how they're going to get the pass when a museum expansion couldn't work and everything else couldn't work i just don't see that happening so why can't the sports authority take their money build around the current socks park there's many things they could do. There's lots of land they own, acres and acres of parking lots and open land around there. They could build a baseball village. They could bring in this commerce, this entertainment that they think they need. They have public transportation there now, they can add to the public transportation by putting a stop for the electric line to the west of the park. Mm. And then why don't the Bears look into buying the 78 and building their own park? I don't think it's big enough. It's big I, enough. I don't think Thanks, it's big Bill. enough to do it. A couple of
4: things. Um, I believe the Soldier Field lost its landmark designation back in 2006 after they renovated the, the Soldier Field with they put the spaceship on top. I think they lost it then. I'm just... I need to double check that, but I'm pretty sure about that. Hmm. As for the parking plan at the 78 with the South Loop White Sox Stadium, there is a plan for 4,000 underground garage and parks. Or I'm or, sorry, garage um, and parking spots. So they do have a plan for that 35 to 37,000 seat stadium. Uh, yeah, would it be congested? Absolutely. That, that's not anybody's. Nobody has an uh, illusion of otherwise. I love the idea conceptually. I think we both do. The renderings yes. are gorgeous. The renderings are I think very they good. look like PNC Park in a great city that's better yeah. than Pittsburgh. So I think that, yeah, you could get behind it. Just pay for it responsibly. We'll all be on board. That's
3: exactly the answer, David. It's just pay for it responsibly. And um yeah, don't don't come looking for handouts. Ron's in Andersonville. Hey Ron. What's up, Ron? Hey.
6: Um,
10: uh, <clears throat> One point that I think has not been uh, spoken to, I think there's an assumption that if <clears throat> these stadiums are built, that there will be this economic boon. But there are a plethora of economic studies showing that these are bad public funding of stadiums. It's yeah. a bad deal. Right. And I think, I think people just assume that all this money is going to be made hand over fist for the It'll be a boon for the state and the city. I just don't know that that's true. No, it's, it's a boon it, for ownership. Exactly, and I think on top of it, if if these are if these projects are such great deals, why don't the Bears and the White Sox pay for them themselves? Yeah, any business for any business person, if they have a good deal, they fund it themselves. They don't rely on others. Well, it's a fair question
4: because according to Forbes' latest valuations, last summer, the White Sox are worth $2.05 billion. So Jerry Reinsdorf is a chairman of a, franch- a baseball franchise worth $2 billion as of last summer. That, that is only going to increase, one would think, if you are pursuing things like this. So, yeah, it does. That's why I, I referred to it yesterday as an audacious ask when you are the chairman of a $2 billion enterprise and you're asking for a billion dollars in subsidies I don't think that you are going to find a very receptive audience.
3: Let's try Tom. He's in Rockford. Hey, Tom.
8: Hey. What's
7: up, Tom? Uh, my thoughts, and it's probably not a good thought, but why can't the Cubs, White Sox, the Bears get together, build one big municipal stadium? And that way, if it's raining in Chicago and the Cubs can't play, they could go over to the new stadium White Sox the same, then the Bears could use it for football. <laughs>
4: nah, thanks, Tom. Appreciate yeah, the phone call. No, that's that not, make a lot of that's sense. not That's not going to happen. By the way, the Wrigley Field, Clark and Addison, pretty nice ballpark. Cubs aren't going anywhere.
3: Kevin's in Harvard. Hey, Kevin. Good morning. How
7: um right. You know, T- Tampa Bay has had winning seasons and still can't get a stadium. Yep. And then the White Sox, you know, have not produced anything over the last however many years, other than the 2005 World Series, and looking for all this money, you know, the Bears buy the land in Arlington Heights, and, you know, you're stuck with now you're looking at going back to the city. I don't understand. David, yesterday on the show you talked about, or the guy from Cranes talked about um, the million, yeah, the million dollars that the school district wants in Arlington Heights. What other business has negotiations to the point where the schools get to decide whether or not you come to their village?
4: Well, I think that's part of the negotiation. When, if you want to pay the tax, property tax there, property tax are tied yes. into every business acquisition or every land acquisition. So it makes perfect sense. The bears, the bears could pay this. They could make it go away and just it's pay more upfront for the benefits they will experience later. Which I think a lot of people are wondering if they're going to do anyway. Matt is on the road. Hey, Matt.
7: Hey, this is Matt from Lyle. I'm just curious what's going to happen, aside from the audacity of asking for this kind of taxpayer money, what's going to happen to the property value of the neighborhoods and the businesses that would be uh, abandoned? Yes. And, uh, I mean, is is the city basically saying we give up on this area and uh, see you later so that people can make money downtown? The other thing I'd like to make, and then I'll hang up and, and listen, is you know uh, all you know I, I love that we're, everyone has a is passionate about this, but let's also make that passion known by writing to our representatives, state representatives, and let them know what we think about this.
4: That's a great, point. A great point. That's yep. the way it should be. I do think we'll get details later. We need to get to a break, but there are plans to keep Bridgeport thriving in the way. Related media had the proposal, and I think it includes plans for that stadium at 35th and Shields. All right, we've got uh, we got Mike
3: Florio. We're going to shift gears, talk to Mike, get some football news. It's Mully and Hodge, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score.
8: Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, NBC Sports, Twitter.com slash ProFootballTalk. Hey by day!
10: Game we, we get better and better! So we can't be beat so we can't be beat! We can't be beat
8: be beat! Be beat What's be beat! beat! NFL insider Mike Florio with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score.
3: Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Now joining us on the Circa Sports Illinois Hotline is Mike Florio. Download the Circa Sports app today. We love talking to Mike Florio. Michael, good morning. How are you?
2: Doing great. How are you guys today? Doing well. Uh,
3: you know, I, I mean, I I got to tell you, when I saw the Bears are going to have their p- plan in place for the combine, uh, a story by Albert Breer, which included uh, the idea that they were approached by a lot of people at the Senior Bowl about Justin Fields. I take that to mean that the Justin Fields trade season is opening around the uh, around the combine. Am I am I wrong to view it that way? Is there it more? Is there some surprise set for me that I'm not expecting?
2: Well, I always struggle with this because on one hand, I understand that people have businesses to run and it's good for business to say and to report accurately that multiple teams have approached the bears about Justin Fields. That has a sizzle factor. That gets attention. That gets clicks. That gets views. I've got no problem with that. I'm a businessman. I have no issue with people doing business, but That stuff happens all the time. Phone calls are made all the time. Inquiries are made all the time. As people are in the process of figuring out what their options are, they need to see what the price is of the various things they're thinking about doing. Could we try to get Justin Fields? Well, let's talk to the bears and see if they're willing to trade him. Let's see what they would want. The inquiries happen. If they don't happen, that's what's news. If they don't happen, people are being negligent about their jobs. So I think this is all a broader process of everyone, kind of feeling their way through, sounding out the possibilities, and then the Bears decide what to do. And if they're going to finalize their plan next week, if they're going to finalize it next week, that tells me they haven't done their full due diligence on who they might draft. Why would you finalize your plan next week? Why wouldn't you finalize your plan when you know exactly what you're getting? Unless they're already confident they know exactly what they'd be getting in Caleb Williams. So you can look at that and say, it may be a lot like last year, Where Ryan Poles sits back and waits to see not just what he might get offered for Justin Fields, but what he might get offered for that first overall pick in the draft. And we know that's where the foundation was laid for the trade last year that allowed the Panthers to go from nine to one.
4: Good point, Mike. So look around the league. Jimmy Garoppolo suspended two games for a violation of the NFL's performance enhancing substance policy. Makes you wonder why his performance wasn't enhanced better, maybe. But I think cynicism aside, what's next for Jimmy G? The Raiders will release him. Do you think there will be a market for him? And at this stage of his career, isn't he basically just a backup?
2: Well, it's funny. When the news broke, somebody texted me, he needs to get a refund Whatever that means, <laughs> it didn't work. But uh <laughs> uh anyway, I, just didn't. I it wasn't my. You know, usually, I'm the one being mean spirited. I have no problem passing along somebody else's mean spirited comments. <laughs> Here's what's going to happen because uh, this is the key. Th- this was manna from heaven for the Las Vegas Raiders because now they can void 11.25 million in guaranteed salary that Garoppolo was due to make this year because of this suspension. It's in his contract. We posted on it last Friday, right after. The news broke so they will cut him they'll void the guarantee and then they'll cut him and then he becomes a free agent able to sign with any other team and yeah, he becomes a backup and i think what helps him is that year in san francisco when he was the backup and he had to come in and play he played fairly well until he suffered his own injury but you know the, the question for any former starter especially a guy who was once the highest-paid player in the NFL. Now, there's a bunch of guys who at one point were the highest-paid player in the NFL. But can you humble yourself Joe Flacco style to just take whatever you can get? Most guys that were franchise quarterbacks or paid like franchise quarterbacks have a hard time accepting the I'll-just-take-whatever-I-can-get phase of their career. So that's the real question I think that Jimmy Garoppolo has to ask himself. Am I going to be Joe Flacco? where I'll just hang around as long as I can, because they're going to pay me a lot more to be a second or third string quarterback than I could make in any other line of work. Or do I just tap out because I've got, you know, a bunch of money saved and I don't need to do this. And usually what you see with elite high-end quarterbacks, not that he ever truly was one, but he was paid like one. When the starting opportunities dry up, they walk away.
3: I'm I'm really curious about this Justin Fields thing, because I think there are a lot of teams that need a quarterback. I understand everyone wants to get to the draft. But is it possible that you could actually get a first-round pick for the guy if you squeeze a couple of teams that might be interested? I mean, is that completely out of line? Is it a second plus, or is there a chance?
2: There's a chance if you get enough teams to come to the table. Now, it all comes down to how you posture You know, a couple of years ago, the Texans were able to tell the interested teams in Deshaun Watson, you have to basically pre-qualify to even talk to him. Here's what we want for this guy. And it was a lot. Three yeah. first-round picks. Now, Justin Fields isn't going to garner three first-round picks, but I would say if Deshaun Watson is worth three, and you could say in hindsight, maybe he wasn't, Justin Fields at least is worth one, or a conditional pick. See, I'm a firm believer that teams should use conditional picks more in trades, but they don't like to tie up multiple picks that they could otherwise trade. Because if you do a three, they can become a two, they become a one. All three of those picks are kind of locked in place until you know which pick goes to the other team. But I just think the fairest way to do it is to say, you're going to give us a pick based upon what this guy does. And we're going to come up with a fair metric for number of games played or performance or whatever that will drive what we ultimately get and that also delays the compensation the full compensation until you know we've had a chance to see what he does in the 2024 season and it's a 2025 draft pick so bottom line the more teams you get at the table the more you can get for him and also and this is where kevin warren's comments from last week might have been part of a broader strategy to have leverage that comes simply from the fine we'll just keep him. I mean there's a lot of power in fine we'll just keep him. We're not looking to trade him. You have to pry him away from us. We're happy to go forward with Justin Fields and if Warren's comments were coming from that point of view, you know they might be trying to convince other teams you you better offer us enough to get us to choose to move on from it.
3: Great stuff Mike is always much appreciated. Thanks Mike. Thanks guys. That is Mike Florio 312-644-6767 is the number. You know,
4: could they trade Deshaun Watson? Is he tradable? Again? I just wonder. That was floated last week by a NFL commentator who was former general manager, and that made me wonder.
2: Hmm.
3: Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, six seven of the score.